the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You are listening to the Tim DeMoshio Show. It's AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. You are listening to uh, our fine broadcast, the first, well, second day of the year. Yeah, it got thrown off the holiday. Thanks for listening in. Forecast uh, for the rest of the afternoon, some sun getting cloudier as the, the evening approaches, a low of 25 eventually. Cloudy and a few showers with a high of 50 for tomorrow. Flyers are at Vegas tonight at 10. Sixers at Houston tomorrow night at 8. And a couple of folks passed away in the sports world yesterday. We'll get into that in a moment, uh, but before we do, Danny, how was your new year? It's it's uh, nice to have a day off, is it not? Did you relax? What did you do? Yeah, it was nice. I just relaxed, relaxed on the couch, relaxed in bed. Yeah, just chilled? Yeah. That's good. Those days are nice. They're my favorite days. Now, next year, apparently, the holiday falls on a Friday, so it's going to become an extended weekend, Oh, which I think I kind of like. The middle of the week really throws me off. I don't know if... What day it is. It t- for all I know, today could be a Saturday. I don't know what day Yeah, it is. I'm looking forward to next week uh, eventually, honestly. But uh, we kind of getting back into the routine. So, yeah. And we had a nice time. We just chilled out at the house and had some family time. Very nice. Yeah. So, um, yesterday, as, you know, of course, we turned into a new year. There's lots to talk about today, what's happening with the station. And um, we'll get into that in a moment. But in the world of sports, actually, a couple of uh, – very famous folks passed away yesterday on the first day of the of the well, week and the well month and decade and all that. Um, former commissioner of the NBA, David Stern, who was the commissioner for thirty years and credited with uh, a tremendous amount of change in the uh, pro basketball world, especially how the league went from uh, having stars to really having stars. The fact you've got players like LeBron James and and Michael Jordan back in the day, and many players really becoming the 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 foundation of the league and, and what he was involved with the dream team back in the early nineties. And in any case, um, a lot of other things too. So he passed away yesterday as did a guy named Don Larson, who is the only pitcher, the very average pitcher in his lifetime. His, his overall record was, I think 81 and 91, not even a, what they call a 500 pitcher, but he did have the distinction of being the only pitcher in history to throw a perfect game which means 27 uh you know 27 batters up 27 batters down no walks no hits no errors no nothing just 27 outs and uh i you know as i'm thinking about Don, like Don Larson i remember he played for the Yankees and i remember that game i mean i remember reading about it and all that but there's another connection with the 6 degrees of separation thing uh my brother bob do i have you on the line bob are you there if you, can you uh not not there do i have the right I think I have the right. You know what? I'll come back to him. I'm not sure if I have. I tried calling. Let me try one more time. My brother, Bob. There's the dial tone. Um, 
My brother Bob is an author and a speaker, and he's done a lot of work over the years uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, and I've learned a lot from him. In fact, he. Hey, Bob. Brother Tim here. There we go. Hey. How you doing? Doing terrific. Good. Good I. Hear from you. Yeah, you too. Happy New Year to you guys. And to you too. We miss you. Well, we miss you too. And uh, hopefully we get to see you at one day. I would love to have you in studio because uh, a, a lot of who I am is because of you. As my big brother and older brother, Aww, you've taught me a lot. You. It's very true. And well, thank uh, you. yeah, my, my brother actually worked on our sister station, 990, back in the uh, 80s, I guess it was. So you have a long history here in Philadelphia, grew up here and all that. And uh You've worked with uh, Focus in the Family many, you know, many a year, and you work with uh, Family Life, right, too, with uh, Dennis Rainey and uh, who else? Dennis what, and Barbara. Yep. Dennis and Barbara Rainey. That program airs each weekday at 9 on WFIL and many other things. But the reason I'm calling now is not because of any of those things. It's because you actually came to the house, uh, I guess, a couple of years back and had a special present for your baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We, you know – I had, I had an opportunity. I was publishing a book at Focus on the Family for um, Bo Mitchell. Bo is the um, chaplain for the Colorado Rockies as well as the Denver Nuggets. And um, as I got to know Bo and, and his love of the game of baseball and all that, I, I learned some rich history. He told me about how his dad, Dale Mitchell, um, how he came to the plate. This is a game, a matchup of the World Series in 1956. Yeah. Uh, with the Dodgers versus the Yankees. And um, it was a magical night, and Don Larson was on the on the mound. And uh, I can tell you that story if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. Well, I mean, it was one of these deals where there's not very many. I think it's the only perfect game during the um, World Series. Um, I think that's the only one. Yeah, before uh, or since. Right. Before or since. Right. It's quite an accomplishment. And, um, you know, Bo, <clears throat> as a youngster, um, I think he was like seven years old or something, was sitting there with his mother, Margaret. and um, At the game. You know, the, wow. At the, at the game. The crowd's going crazy. Yankees, you know, they're kind of a, a pretty rough, rough uh, home home <laughs> right? Those, I've been in that stadium. Those guys get fired up. Well, anyway, she leaned over because this is now – um, Dale's coming to the plate. It's bottom of the ninth. Wow. There are two outs. He's one, uh, Don Larson is one strikeout away uh, from a perfect game. And Margaret leans over to Bo. He's telling me this. He says, and she says, son, you better keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Don't tell me one. He's your dad. Because if he gets a hit, these Yankees fans will kill us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he's, and he says, I knew she wasn't joking. And um, what's interesting about the, the game is that the, uh, you know, uh, um, Dale Mitchell, he, he, he had a career average, a uh, batting average of 312, and he only had 119 strikeouts at just under 4,000 at bats. He was the non strikeout leader, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great contact. In the league. Right. Great contact. Unbelievable. So he knew uh, he, he had a very sharp eye. And uh, after the game, and so, so the, the third strike comes in, the third, the third pitch, the umpire calls the strike. Everybody goes nuts. Dale is standing there like, are you kidding me? That thing was like a foot outside. 
And uh, he kind of did like a check swing type thing. And, you know, he almost went for it, but he stopped because it was clearly outside. Yeah. And it turns out uh, Mickey Mantle later said Mickey was on the opposing team. He, you know, he said, if you ask me, the ball looked like it was a foot outside. Yeah. And then somebody asked the umpire, well, how in the world? Because there's a lot of, you know, the big, you know, big moments. Um, but, you know, um, the umpire turned out, Later admitted, he says, look, it was my last, it was going to be my last game behind the home plate in the major league game. And if it was anywhere near the zone, I'm going to call the perfect game because that was what he wanted out of it. Now, that seems a little unfair. Right. You know? um, so, unfortunately, Dale Mitchell, is, you know, becomes known for this, this massive, you know, it's like Casey at the back kind of moment, the mighty Casey striking out. You right. Know? Right. Um, it, it felt like that. And so to this day, Bo Mitchell, the chaplain of the Rockies, gets called during, you know, anything that looks like it's going to be a, um, a no-hitter type game. And they say, you know, because they'll, they'll replay that footage from the Yankees-Dodgers uh, 56 game. Right. And, the, and the, 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 um, the reporters will say, I just saw your dad strike out again, as if striking <laughs> out was what his dad normally did. Yeah. Which is just the opposite. Uh, yeah. So that was one of those moments I said, you know, that needs to go into your book, that story, because sometimes in life we get a bad call and we think that somehow that defines the rest of our life when that's not the truth. So learning how to deal with bad calls is very important to our, you know, to our personal growth. Hmm. And indeed, that's what um, Bo put into the book. That's great. That's great. For those just tuning in, my older brother Bob is uh, kind enough to chat a few minutes. And I say that because I know you're busy. You're always writing. Uh, but we're referencing the fact that uh, Don Larson, who is the only pitcher in Major League Baseball history to pitch a perfect game in the World Series, I think actually in the postseason at any level, and let alone it was in a World Series game back in 1956, that my brother has an association with someone through the writing world, uh, the son of the guy who struck out to make the last out in that game. And, and the fact that it was a called third strike, to your point, he wasn't swinging, he didn't pop the ball up, he took the pitch thinking it's a ball, and then it's a called strike. He's like, what are you talking about? And and it, it's, a, it's a great point because especially when you're not just – like nobody likes to be misjudged, right? Uh, and then especially if you typically are com- the complete opposite to then have that happen and then have that be kind of your label uh, and, and how you mm-hmm. deal with that. So that's that's a very interesting storyline. And, and so, Bo, did you ha- – what was your role with Bo's book? Did he actually put that in his book or – Well, so he did include the story in the book. And then I said, look, Bo, when I go to the sales team – uh, Tyndall House Publishers was going to publish the book with us. It focused on the family. And so I said, one way to stand out, like salesmen, you know, I always refer to people as like the jaded sales team. One way to, you know, they, they've got 600 books to sell, right, different titles. Yeah. So to stand out, let's leave them something that they can talk about. And he said, well, what if I were to get Don Larson to sign baseballs that um, that we gave to the sales team. I said, are you kidding? Would he do it? <laughs> well, we're having Chinese, right? He stands up, goes outside, places a call to to uh, Don Larson, and Don agreed. He said, send me the ball. So Bo overnighted you know, a few dozen of these baseballs. Don signed every one of them very graciously. Wow. And, and, he, and he put the date of you know, the game when the, uh, when the strikeout was. And, uh, and then we um, used them with the sales team. His book is called um, 
I'm drawing a blank now. Yeah, you'll <laughs> think of it. On the spot I'll think of it, but um, I think it was either not Grace Under Fire, but it was something like that. Yeah. Um, but it was one of these uh, moments where the sales team just lit up because they have now a, a direct contact or, or, or connection to that story, which was central to uh, the, the point of the whole book. When we're dealt with, you know, bad calls or whatever, we can either blame God or we can say, okay, well, God, what are you teaching me in this moment? Hmm. How do I process this and move to a, to a stronger place? That's great. And, and let me just work that out with you for a second. Is, is it B-O or B-E-A-U? Uh, B-O. Oh, it's Grace Behind Bars. Grace Behind uh, Bars. Okay. Right. Yep. Because um, Bo, uh, very short story on him, Bo was accused of uh, money, laund- uh, money, money laundering and some other things, which he had nothing to do with. Hmm. And he was thrown in jail by the FBI. He was also dealt a, a bad call based on some uh, lies that were fabricated about him. And he finally got out and so on and so forth and turned his life all the way around. But he could have let that bad um, call about him, just like his dad, define his reality of who he is. But God used that to give him, to meet him in prison and, and to reach his heart and to call him out of it. And, uh, so it's really, you know, this unexpected path to true freedom is really what it's about, what that particular book is about, and something that they learned, you know, the hard way as a family. Yeah. For those just tuning in, it's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Uh, there's another DeMoss on the other end of the phone, my brother Bob. I'm the baby of five, and uh, the name of the show is simple. It's just my name, and to to an extent, it's uh, not about my life, but it's uh, I, I've been grateful to have brothers like my brother Bob and each of the other brothers and my sister have all played a big role in in who I am. Um, uh, So anyway, I'm glad to, when this came up, when Don Larson, I heard he passed away yesterday on New Year's Day. I thought, you know what? I remember I have the autographed baseball. You gave me one too. And I have it back in my baseball card collection downstairs in the basement. And uh, I thought, I got to call Bob. What was, I know there's a story behind this and why he was giving me a Don Larson baseball. Why would my brother have that anyway? And uh, so, but it's neat. It's just one example and one example of why, especially the next time you're in town, it would be great to have you in studio for the hour because you've written a ton of books uh, and you're working on stuff all the time. I don't know if you want to take a quick second and and mention what you're working on now, or you can save that for another conversation, but um, you know, you decide if you're. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I mean, there's, um, I've written like 40 some books and, Sometimes when you're in the development stage working with a client, uh, if I'm collaborating, yeah. you know, they want you to maintain uh, secret the sauce. cone of silence. Yeah. Right, the secret sauce. And I've, I've kind of got the cone of silence at my undisclosed writing location yes. uh, at the moment. But um, That's fine. But let me be a time. But there'll be a time when we can talk about it. And let me do this, and I'll tease this. Maybe we can have you on later in the month think about this, because there's another book, with January being um, you know, the Sanctity of Human Life Month. And we're working with an organization called Preborn, uh, basically providing free ultrasounds for pregnant women and girls, and uh, just kind of a very gentle way of helping them see the you know the truth of what's inside their bodies, um, and and then they can decide what they want to do from there. And that ha- that tends to have a very high uh, percentage of them after they see the ultrasound that really factors into the decision whether to have an abortion or not. Um, but you had maybe briefly you could talk about. There's another thing that's super local people know about the the whole Terry Schiavo case from years back. And um, fight, what was it, Fighting for Dear Life was the name of the book? Yeah, Fighting for Dear Life was 
Terry Schiavo being starved to death down in Florida. That was the top five world news story. Yeah. And Bob and Mary Schiavo, you know, Pennsylvanians, were heartbroken over what was taking place with their daughter, Terry. And uh, the lawyer, the attorney, um, at the end of Terry's life, um, uh, was, was asked to tell David Gibbs, is his name, was asked to kind of give the story of, his, uh, of what took place in those final moments because it was the story that the press kept people from actually seeing so that when he walked into Terry's room at hospice, based on everything he had heard, he had thought she was like hooked up to a million tubes and was like in some kind of comatose state. And so she really didn't, they, they shouldn't give her any, you know, she just let her starve to death kind of a thing, yeah. which is what they ultimately did. But when he went in, he's like, wait a minute, she's sitting in her chair with a little holiday blanket over her lap, hooked up to nothing. And it's like, well, wait a minute, that's not the picture I was given on the outside. And now I'm meeting her, and I'm seeing her respond and be responsive to my presence and my voice. And so on. Anyway, so Fighting for Dear Life is uh, one of those powerful books that anybody wants uh, to uh, dig into the sanctity of human life and the value of Regardless of if you're, you know, pre-born or you're at the end of life or you're, you have some kind of a disability along the way or you're, but that all of life is sacred, all of life has been fashioned by the Creator, and it's worth defending. And so that's a fabulous book to take a look at because you're going to get an unvarnished picture again that the press did not give you. Well, and I will say this as maybe we'll, we'll wrap up on this. I do remember reading the book, and one of the things that really struck me and and. and I, Parenthetically, let me say the following: I've I've covered the Phillies for twenty years and the Eagles and the Flyers for twenty years, and so I've been in the locker room, I've been in press conferences, I've seen things that that most people don't see, meaning even the expression or or something unspoken uh, that was body language in the room, uh, what certain things might have meant, or how a reporter reported only part of what was necessarily said, things like that. And uh, so I, I'm very, I'm very um, sensitive to taking things at face value and, and not like if somebody says to me, yeah, you know, so-and-so, he's a real jerk or he's a real this or she's a real, but like, okay, well, maybe you guys, what, I don't know, maybe you're the problem actually, but uh, between me and that person, I don't have any issues and I'm not going to start just saying, yeah, yeah, because you say so. And so I try to really take things at face value. And if I'm going to make statements, I want to be able to almost take it to the level, if I was in a courtroom, could I actually back up what's coming out of my mouth? Not just, yeah, you know, these people do this. Or that. What do I actually know? What did I witness firsthand, perhaps? And there was one point in, your, in, in the book, Fighting for Dear Life, where you mentioned that there was a time, and I don't know if this was the whole time Terry Shiva was in the hospital, but the only people allowed in the room were, I guess, her mom, her dad, her lawyer, and, and one other person, I think, or something, like the media couldn't have even known what was going on because they weren't allowed in the room. Correct. They were, they were banned from going anywhere near uh, the room. And, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those tragic moments where they, that, uh, in essence, like a gag order was placed around her. The judge, Judge Greer, um, interestingly, people say justice is blind. Well, this judge was actually physically blind. Um, and, and couldn't even see uh, evidence that was presented in the court when they when when wow. a photo was presented of her state or whatever. I mean, literally had no way of even you know, and didn't want to know and and supported 
uh, Michael Shivo to censor the press from having any view or access to Terry. And, um, you know, you just wouldn't think, I mean, it, it was against the law in the state of Florida to starve a dog to death. The strict, stricter laws on that, but you could, you know, not give Terry, and all she needed was water and, and you know, uh, regular food. That's all she needed to sustain. And they pulled the plug on that. And, you know, there was just a tragic moment in our history, and it's, it really has no place in and not just a civil society, but even in this in this world, we should not treat another human being like that, where we intentionally starve them to death and not even give them a drop of water for a parched tongue or anything. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, yeah, there's a lot in there that um, I, I called through 10,000 emails and docu- court documents and interviewing the family members and, you know, just about everything. I went physically to the place where it all happened and, so a uh, highly researched book, and it'll, it'll both make you mad or make you sad. It'll, it'll you know, motivate you to also uh, want to fight for dear life, for the life of those who, are, who can't speak for themselves. Yeah, that's great. Great talking with you, big brother. I love you a lot. Thanks for taking time oh, to chat love today. You. I love you, Tim, and thanks. You're doing a great work. I'm really proud of you. And let's talk again. Sounds great. All right. Have a great day. Hugs for right. the family. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye That's my brother Bob. Uh, we're chatting on the phone today. Just uh, basically, <laughs> well, you can listen to the podcast and hear away. I'll take a moment to explain it. But my brother Bob is uh, my oldest brother, out, and my my sister's first. And there's three brothers, and then I'm the caboose. And uh, one of the reasons I'm in radio at all really is because specifically of my brother Bob, who worked at our sister station back in the early '80s, and then he went to the Creation Festival, and I was his uh, his gopher. He actually had a Christian record club he started in the early to mid '80s kind of a pioneer in a lot of things. Um, some stuff didn't didn't wind up working financially just because there wasn't a market for it yet, but he was ahead of his time in a lot of stuff. And I was his kid brother willing to work for pizza and whatever else and just the fun of being involved in all these projects. And one of the things the Lord's used him over the years has been to write books and or publish and be involved in the creation of things. And um, uh, he's worked with, uh, for example, uh, Phil Robertson, Phil and Kay Robertson uh, from Duck Dynasty and a bunch of other things, worked with Focus on the Family for years. And so... Um, Anyway, today, that, that one of the books he wrote was called Fighting for Dear Life, and I mentioned that just off the top of my head. I'm thinking about it because of uh, January being Sanctity of Human Life Month. So, um, anyhow, we have an overdue break. We're going to take that here. We'll come back in a moment or two. We have some clips to play for you uh, from previous shows. Again, if you're new to the program, just to give you an idea of what this show is about. And uh, we have some other stuff to take care of this hour. Thanks for tuning in. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. On AM 560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show. If you please, doctor. 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 Play. Well, since our baby's red day, we found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down with the friendly goats and sheep that...
am560wfl.com and on the app as well. It's Apologetics and Cut Rate Hotel, spinoff of Heartbreak Hotel. I mentioned Apologetics. We play them here uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I, I was hearing a, a commercial today. I forget. I think it was a phone provider of some sort. And something to do with their service had to do with the fact that you could uh, more easily access Christmas specials. And they were naming, you know, Christmas Story or like a Scrooge or something like that. Or um, was it the same thing? Anyway, no, yeah, whatever. You don't get the idea. The, the people in the commercial are referencing Christmas specials. I'm like, that sounds a little outdated. Christmas was last week. And then I thought, wait, we always say that we can talk about Christmas anytime, theoretically play Christmas music at any time. So let's do it. So we did. And also because we want to take a second to congratulate the folks who uh, won and, and and reached out and got free apologetics music. They were kind enough to send uh, listeners who requested it 31 Christmas parodies that they do. They have 700 or so overall. Uh, Diane in Philadelphia, Melanie in Philadelphia, James in Pottstown, Anthony in Yaden, Carol in Westchester, among those who took a second to get in touch with us. And all we did was email links to digital downloads Jay Jackson, the lead singer of Apologetics, was on with us. So if you're new to the station, you just heard that for the first time, we're like, what was that? Well, the, the band the band is called Apologetics, A-P-O-L-O-G-E-T-I-X, Apologetics. And they've been doing uh, song parodies, everything from Elvis to Eminem, Backstreet Boys, Beach Boys, Beastie Boys, uh, all sorts of styles, all based on scripture passages, usually at least one, if not two or three. And uh, they changed the lyrics up. And so that's just an example of, of one of the ones that they do. Uh, So anyway, congratulations to those folks. Also, congratulations, speaking of Christmas music and winning, uh, to Ossie and Yaden, another Yaden winner, who was the uh, Sarah Groves Grand Prize winner. We were given some Sarah Groves Christmas albums out. She has a new one out called Joy of Every Longing Heart. She actually spent a a whole chunk of last year working on it. And and so we gave away copies of that a week or two back and had a grand prize winner. never actually mentioned on the name, so I thought, let's take care of that. Uh, Ossie, congratulations to you. In Yaden for being the grand prize winner of the Sarah Groves CD, uh, CDs. The grand prize involved two Christmas CDs from Sarah Groves plus four other CDs, I think it was, and a journal. So we like to give stuff away every now and again. There's Sarah's music. I love it. Angelic. Uh, I'll just be quiet for a minute and listen. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 435, The Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app, which you can download free from WFIL.com and take with you wherever you go. Like Florida, where my son's about to fly. I'm going to miss that boy. We had a great time with him in town last couple of weeks. Back to take care of his final semester at college. Proud of that kid. Got some sunshine uh, wrapping up this afternoon, turning to clouds by nighttime, 25 to low. Cloudy tomorrow, a few showers, high of 50. Flyers are at Vegas tonight at 10. Sixers at Houston tomorrow night at 8. Speaking of basketball, former NBA commissioner David Stern, he was the commissioner from uh, 84 to 2014, 30 years, passing away yesterday, revolutionized, uh, revolutionized the game in many ways. And Don Larson, the only pitcher in baseball history, major league history, to throw a perfect game. In the postseason, if I have my facts right, and, and definitely in the World Series back in 1956, earlier this hour, my brother uh, was on the phone with me. He's an author and uh, done a lot of other things. And one of the interesting things he's had along the way in his lifetime is uh, coming across some autographed Don Larson baseballs. 
it's a, it's not about the baseball, but that's what triggered. And he, he gave me once two or three years ago. Uh, so, but it was an interesting story how he came across that, the, the guy who struck out to make the last out of the 1956 world series, his son is the chaplain for the Colorado Rockies baseball team and the Denver Nuggets basketball team. And my brother knows that guy. And, uh, but it's, it's even more than that. It's a lot more. There's an interesting story that goes with that. So, but I'll just, I'll say this, check out the podcast of that at WFIL.com. Uh, it'll be up on the, uh, on the web here after the show at some point. And there's a lot of other shows we've had over the past uh, year or two. So help yourself to that as you tune in today. And um, we're glad that you're listening in. If you're brand new to the station, we wanted today to give you a little cross-section of some of the things that we uh, have had on the air in the past to give you an idea. Um, so, Danny, you've prepared some good ones here. Thank you for doing that, by the way. You're doing a fine job. Thank you. Yeah. Danny helps the, the show go because you spend a lot of time sitting in front of that computer, listening, editing. Yeah. And, you know, Joe was here before. We, we referenced him because, you know, we have to we have to somehow, you know, my predecessor's name is Mark Daniels. He was here for a long time, almost a quarter century. So this, this studio is officially called the Mark Daniels Studio. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe and I worked together just a year and a half on the show before he retired a few weeks ago. I don't know if we had to come up with something. What, what can we name after Joe? Like the hallway down here? Or yeah. Restroom or something? Yeah, I was thinking a bathroom. <laughs> Maybe the kitchen. The paper towel dispenser? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. So Joe used to do a lot of the same things, but you're coming in now. And so you're in a way, it's kind of fun because you're learning all this firsthand, really. Yeah. First time you're hearing this stuff. Yeah. So, But you're hitting on some good cylinders here. Like you pulled one out. David Akers is here. He used to kick for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So what led to you choosing that segment? I didn't ask you to pick that one. I know, but I know you're a big sports person. Sure. But you know I came across this Just... name, and I was like, I don't have no clue who David Akers is. Really? And then I listened to him, and I listened to the show, and I listened to the podcast, and I was like, wow. Yeah. He was a great kicker for the Eagles, apparently. Yes, he was. He's a very holy man. Yes. And has an amazing family. And I was like, this is everything that... Tim bases his show on. Wow, look at that. So he just hit all cylinders, and well, I just had to pull a clip. Well, on top of that, the Eagles are, of course, playing the Sunday afternoon. Yes. So it's very timely that you did that. Yes. So without further ado, let's do this. This is a conversation we had. This is to give you an example of the kind of guests you'll hear on this program. If you listen long enough or you don't want to wait for that, go to the site and get the full podcast. From May 31st of this past year, David Akers of the Eagles, we were just talking about a few things related to Injuries, how the team is able to get through that, and, and kind of some other stuff related to uh, the competition level in, in pro sports as we're now down to the final, I guess, whatever it is, eight or 16 teams uh, in the playoffs here as we go into the, the playoff weekend. Here's David Akers, one of the uh, greatest Eagles of all time. You know, if you're talking about one of the worst teams in, in the league, what are you talking about, Arizona last year or you know, the year before with Cleveland and those types of things, it's still – so close comparatively when you go from the Super Bowl champs to that team. And, uh, you know, they're professional athletes as well. And, you know, just getting a few intricate people here or there to, to fix things is, is, is a huge, uh, you know, component. And then trying to stay healthy through the season and not losing some of those guys is, is another um, another valuable situation to, to kind of like, I guess, you know, talk about the medical staff, your, your your training facility, the strength conditioning guys, the the nutrition that they're doing. All those things come together. It takes a full team effort to have the success that you know the Super Bowl champs do. It, it is it is a full time, full year job to maintain yourself, 
try to get better, not look behind you, but know there are people chasing your tail, whether it's trying to make the team or once you're on the team, the different um, teams that you're playing, you know, as far as trying to take you down, as far as uh, the whole organization goes. So in that regard, I mean, they're continually just trying to push themselves to to get get better each and every day. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it's a marathon. You have to literally say, okay, Today, I'm going to do well on this play, and then that play's over. It's the next play. And uh, when you work out, you're, you're trying to do it into a way that's going to build you up, um, you know, in, in life, in our spiritual walk, in our professional life. Personally, you have to literally understand that you're going to have to get torn down, and by that tearing you down, actually getting yourself back up, pushing forward, actually build you stronger. That's David Akers, a uh, longtime Eagle kicker. I think he has the most points in Eagles history. Uh, I'm on his website right now. John 15.5 is front and center. Super great verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. David does uh, speaking in the uh, engagements and all that. So if you want to look him up, just you know, Google that. I think his Facebook page is not the way to go. You know, sometimes you're maintaining all kinds of sites and some get behind. But uh, if you Google uh, David Akers, A-K-E-R-S, you can find out more about him. And uh, speaking of the Eagles, by the way, tomorrow, I'm going to be heading down to the uh, NovaCare complex in the city and the Eagles have some uh, ma- uh, player availability. So I'm hoping to get some interviews with players tomorrow, some clips at least we can use on the show tomorrow and perhaps on the weekend as well. Saturdays, by the way, this is a good time to mention, four to five, we have, I don't know, it doesn't have a real name. We could call it the best we could do It's uh, as opposed to the, the best of. Uh, but four to five is kind of a replay sometimes of the week or recent interviews. So uh, we do this show four to five Monday through Friday. You're welcome to tune in, call in and all that. But you can also listen in on Saturdays for some uh, you know, best of type of stuff. So uh, that having been said, we'll take a quick break. I want to invite you, if you would like to, give a quick call. As mentioning it. 800-560-WFIL. 800-560-9345. One of the things we like to do on the program is give stuff away. We have gift cards. A little simple $5.60 deal. We'll give several of them away. Just give a quick buzz. I'll get your name down and... We'll mail it out. It could be for Duncan, could be for Wawa, Panera. Enough to get a couple of coffees or a donut or two or a hoagie, whatever you want. It's just our way of saying thank you for listening in. So 800 560 9345. If you'd like to do that right now, take a quick break, come back at you with more in just a moment. WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 446, Tim DeMar Show, WFIL, on the app, walking on sunshine, eventually clouds, and tomorrow cloudy and rain, but the music's happy, hey, so you know what, one of the things we do on the program is uh, take calls and have contest things, we also do interviews and have lots of guests, and the guests sometimes are professional athletes like David Akers, like the Eagles, we put a clip for before that. But we also like to be local for sure. In fact, one of the big reasons we have this program in the first place is to build and have opportunities with people in our community. I'll give you a couple quick examples. One is uh, a program that airs right before this one, 3.30 to 4 every weekday afternoon. It's called Climbing Higher. 
with Bishop Eric Lambert. And it actually also airs weekday mornings at 5, so you can catch it either or both times. And uh, every now and again, Bishop Lambert, has a couple of times, has been in studio with us. It's one of the advantages, too. It even sounds that much clearer. Rather than on the phone, it's nice to have somebody right across to the console from you. And Bishop Lambert came in on August 1st, and here's a, just a little snippet of that conversation uh, from him. My passion um, is to create the next generation of ministers. Yeah. I love history, and when I look at church history and I see the move of God in the 50s among the notable evangelists and pastors and the growth of it in the 60s and the deterioration in the late 70s and 80s as we became more dependent upon the personality and the charisma of the minister rather than the power and the anointing of God. Mm -hmm. And so now people have a habit of becoming what they behold. And so this new group of ministers, they're looking at these individuals today. And as they as we move into the 21st century, they're finding that model to be their socialization. Well, the Lord uh, put this burden on my heart to deal with other issues that will help them to become more godly in their presentation as opposed to secular. And the verse that drives our gathering is found in Exodus when God tells Moses, go tell Aaron bring himself and his sons, sit in my presence and minister to me. They couldn't do any work for the people until they sat in God's presence and ministered to him. And it was so funny because he even tells them, tell them to put on their priestly garments and just come sit with me. And so we tell these men and women of God, say, look, God doesn't call you to the church. He calls you to him and then he flows through you. Jesus makes a statement in the Gospels. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in most instances, that's translated from the negative in the sense that they think he's saying, stop sinning. God's kingdom is at hand. But the word repent is change your mind. He's saying, look, start thinking differently. The kingdom is here. Right out of the box in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom. Well, how does the kingdom work? Seek it. Well, how can you do that without knowing the king? So we're spending time with these ministers in helping them to develop character, leadership, as well as being able to properly divide the Word of God and preach it in a way where it's not, um, you know, just motivational speaking, but life-changing instruction that I can walk away and put to work in my life every day. That's Bishop Eric Lambert from Bethel Deliverance International Church of God in Wincote, Pennsylvania, and also a featured and host of the program Climbing Higher, which you can catch 3.30 each weekday afternoon and also 5 a.m. on WFIL. Uh, love having him on. They have a busy church, but in a really good way. They also have lots of prayer. If you look at their calendar, they have lots of opportunities to pray. It's not just a lot of activities. And that one, I think we're talking about the making of a minister, which is an event that they do periodically. Uh, So that's an example of local and also having a pastor on. We love having that on and just sitting and learning. Uh, So in any case, uh, I did mention a moment ago that we often take calls and give stuff away. And I think we have somebody on the line. Hello. Who's this? Hey, this is Steve. How are you? What's up, Steve? Hey, just enjoying the new year. How about you? Yeah, very much so. How about you? Happy New Year to you. Did you have a good good New Year's Eve and all that? Yeah, good time with family and friends. So That's great. Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, Warminster. Okay. Have you listened to the station for a while, or what's your familiarity with FIL? I'm just getting into it. I just learned about it from some family, so I'm just trying to learn more about it. So. Oh, good. 
Good deal. Well, the nutshell version is, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, fine pastors. Some are national, some are local, and uh, you'll catch them every half hour to hour. Some are counseling programs. And then we have some live programs, too, like this one each weekday afternoon. So I uh, want to have more and more of that opportunity to build into the community and, and hopefully serve the community better. So I'm glad you called in. And we have uh, Briner Chevrolet, which is a dealership over in Jenkintown. They help um, just uh, support the program, and they have some gift cards that we give out, and just uh, we'll get your address, and we'll mail you one. Sound, sound good to you? Thanks. Sounds great. <laughs> sounds like a plan. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Steve. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Hold on one second there. Uh, so that's a quick example. While we uh, get his info off the I'll take our final break, and I'm going to come back at you with at least one more clip, maybe two quick ones, to give you an example of what this program is all about. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. It's AM560, WFAL.com, and on the app. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.55 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app as well, which you can download free from WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in today. We're uh, having to blend this program, kind of a cross-section of what the show tends to be like. We feature new program, relatively like Steve, we just called in. We take calls, we have guests on, we have contests, a lot of fun, and other ways to interact, including texting and emailing and that kind of thing. Uh, some of the guests we have on also do Of October, I had a gentleman named Lewis Kemp on the program. He wrote a book called Dylan and Me. Lewis Kemp, the childhood and longtime lifetime, really, friend of Bob Dylan, otherwise known as Robert Zimmerman. Here's what he had to say. You know, my friend is, is Bobby Zimmerman, always has been. And, you know, there's a difference between the two. Yeah. You know, Bob Dylan is when he goes to work, you know. And, uh, and when he's with me or any other friends, his family, he's, he's Bobby Zimmerman. He's down home. He's just one of the boys. You know, we played one-on-one basketball together. We'd go to sporting events together. We'd go to Vikings games, Knicks games, uh, Twins games. Uh, you know, he, he just like you would with any of your friends. Yeah. What do you think Bob thinks of himself in general regard, with regards to his place in, in music history? Does he think about it at all? Does it factor into how he does what he does? Or, You know, he's he doesn't have any ego. He's not preoccupied with any of that. Uh, he often told me that these songs are a gift that, you know, are given to him by God. They just come into his head. He knows the source of of the power is God, and he's the conduit for it, and he's very humble about it. That's Lewis Kemp, author of the book Dylan and Me, in reference to Bob Dylan, as as Lewis refers to him as Robert Zimmerman or Bobby Zimmerman, because that was his childhood friend, and the Bob Dylan part's the onstage uh, work name, if you will. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show with a song from Bob Dylan. How many times have you heard someone say If I had his money, I'd do things my way Mm, But little they know Mm, And it's so hard to find One rich man in ten with a satisfied mind Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.